Sports bet BS hotline, state your emergency. Yeah, it's me punters group. Me mate Dave, I reckons he bought in. Okay, hang up now. What? And join Sports Bet's Bet with Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1 800 858 858. On 1116 SEN, The Odds Couple with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Morning, everyone. Welcome to The Odds Couple this beautiful Saturday morning in Melbourne. Did you hear that? 31 degrees today, first day of summer. What a brilliant start to summer we're having here in Melbourne. And it's going to be a brilliant start and a brilliant hour ahead of us on The Odds Couple. Of course, Simon Marshall joining me as per usual uh, on a Saturday morning. Good morning to you, Jock. Big Sim, good morning everybody. Uh, pinch and a punch, isn't it today? Well, there was only one punch last night in that fight. Pinch and a punch for the first day of the month. Well, good luck to Anthony. He gets a little bit of um, superannuation, doesn't he? And retires for those who fell into him. Shame on you. I think they fell in. I think they watched just to see him get a smacking, but nah. the smacking didn't last for long. No, nah, mate. Uh, anyway. Warney um, came out, gave him one on the ribcage first up, and you could literally see him think, oh, yeah, hey, no, hey, hey, hey. Didn't watch Not it. Not my go. Sorry, mate, didn't watch it. Wasn't going to watch that. We'd prefer to uh, study the form for Mooney Valley and try and get the punters a winner today. And uh, after what has been a uh, couple of big nights, Friday night racing at Cranbourne, and uh, where the local trainers absolutely dominated last night, and the future's really looking bright in our training ranks when I uh, mentioned that. Because um, when I say the uh, local trainers dominated, you have a look at the likes of uh, Michael Megan, who trained a winner, and Patrick Keane, local boy who trained mm. a winner, ex-jockey. It's great to see those um, those young trainers with uh, with the uh, limited opportunities they've got, making the most of it. And um, uh, Patrick Keane's horse, um, I forget the horse's name, but uh, I'll, and I'll find that out a little bit later. Or let's just throw that out to our uh, wonderful audience, uh, the uh, the Odds Couple family. Patrick Keane, what was the name of the $6,000 filly that he trained last night to beat the odds on pop? Um, and um, and Michael Meehan, he was, um, Megan, he was absolutely outstanding. Richie Lamming had a double on his local track. Mm. And then we go to Packenham last Thursday night and it was... Um, Robbie Griffiths is absolutely on fire. And, and there's another thing that I wanted to bring up and have a chat to the boys. Tags Will you bring the, it up, Simon? Tags is in the house. Uh, Tags, good morning to good morning, you. Tags. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, this is the time of the year. I want to just take our, our minds back. Tags, we were little whippersnappers. And um, it, was, it was after spring carnival where you had a three-kilo allowance as an apprentice jockey. We go and come in, into summertime, races left, right and centre, twilight kicks in, night racing goes to another level around the Christmas season. Shaquana. Shaquana, that's it, Shaquana. Thank you, Big Sim. It was uh, Patrick Keane's first starter, $6,000 purchase, and he got up and beat the odds on pop, so good luck to him. Equiano. Uh, yeah, by Equiano. And, and another ex-jockey, uh, Logan McGill, trained the uh, Wodonga Cup winner yesterday as well. Trains yeah. at Mornington, next door to Cranbourne, basically. So, yep. They, as you say, they are flying. So we race seven days a week, and the future's looking bright. We need these young kids coming through, men and women. Um, but it's the apprentice jockeys at this time of the year that I wanted to touch on. Who's the next gun? Who's the next whiz kid? We go back to Darren Gouchy when he outrode his claim and was winning Sydney uh, Jockeys Premierships at a very young age and um, outriding his claim at 17 years of age, I think. 
And then along came a bloke called Marshall who beat his record. And then along came a bloke called Paddy Payne who beat Marshall's record. And then you had Nick Ryan and Blake Shin dueling for... Um, you're, forgetting, you're forgetting D. Oliver. And, uh, oh, well, D. Oliver, Nicholas actually. Taggart, yeah, Baster, yeah. all in the same mould. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, a few raps going on this took, morning. Took Ollie a little while oh, to yeah, get yeah, going. He struggled, didn't he? But we're, we're, we're talking whiz kids, early doors. And... Um, but at the end of his apprenticeship, yeah, he did. He got going with Lee Friedman, that's for sure, Tags. Very good point. But I want to ask you this morning, who is the next whiz uh, boy or girl coming across, uh, coming into the racing industry during this festive season? Um, Steph Thornton, Lockie King, Liam Reardon, Jack Martin, Chelsea McFarlane, all ride extremely well. Uh, this, is the, this, is the, this is now the opportunity for them to make a name for himself and just... By mentioning Lockie King's name, he's really loaded up with um, Lindsay Park, David Hayes, Benny Hayes and Tom Dabernick, their runners today at Mooney Valley. So I want to put it out there to the family. We have a number that we'd like to... Uh, we do. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. I repeat, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. 2355 There's a young girl riding that's just started, Alana Kelly. As, uh, she lost her four kilo claim within a month and she rode another win during the week. Uh, a little bit early for this summer, of course, even probably next winter, but given another 12 months, she's going to be right up there. Uh, just keep an eye out there, punters. Alana Kelly. A couple of special guests coming on this morning. Brett Preble a little later on. Look forward to having a chat to Brett. Um, rode here, obviously, during the spring and see how he's settled back in after a long stint in Hong Kong. Jerome Hunter um, uh, got a, a big say in what's going on at the Valley this afternoon, Jerome, with three runners, uh, two in the one race at... Um, He'll have a bit to uh, to say with uh, what is happening this afternoon at Mooney Valley. Nine race card, of course, at Mooney Valley this afternoon. So um, it's uh, there's some good races. Six, seven, eight, nine. The quaddy, of course, we'll hear from David Taggart a little later on with that. And on top of the whiz kids, the other uh, question of interest this morning, and the spring has been wrapped up. You know, this is our first normal weekend since the spring carnival started three months ago, basically. So our first normal Saturday racing back to, um, actually, what are they racing for today? 60, 120? Yeah. Yeah, 100, 100. Until the Packenham, Packenham Cup next week. Yeah, Packenham Cup. Sportsbet. That's uh, listed, isn't it? Packenham so we, Cup. Yeah, Sportsbet. And we thank Sportsbet for their association with the Odds Couple. You know, since our inception, they've just been brilliant supporters of the Odds Couple and continue to be so. Well, we love it. And um, we love the fact that um, we're able to bring us together. Uh, great opportunity, but also SEN here and Hutchie in the team. Buttons that pushes the buttons here. And Damo, Damo, who uh, produces and helps direct the show wherever he is, he's, he's, he's got his own little hub that he just... Whisper in the night, isn't he? He just sides <laughs> in. And, um, and Vlad, he's just joined the team, but he's a good-looking rooster and uh, he's going to bring a lot to the table. So and I believe, I won't be here next week, fellas, and then I'm going to nick off from the 17th of December, but I believe that... The odds couple just continues on right through the festive season. Is that right? It's the award-winning show. one 23 uh, Who's the whiz kid you think is uh, going to make a difference over the summer period? Big time for the claiming apprentices to really have a say in uh, in the big races on the big tracks uh, every Saturday and the night racing that goes right throughout the summer, of course, at the Valley and at, as we saw at Cranbourne last night. What was that also, number again? one 300 23.55.48. And also, what was the highlight of the spring? I'm going to give you guys a question without notice. Uh, as we look back on the spring, 
what was the thing that stood out to you most? What was, uh, um, now it can be uh, you know, just a race, a performance, a jockey's ride, a trainer's efforts, um, something you're noticing where spring is changing and, and becoming uh, you know, tougher to win certain races because that's my highlight. And my highlight is I just think the Melbourne Cup now is the best, well, we know it's the best two-mile handicap in the world, but it has gone up 40% from where it used to be, possibly oh, 50%. I think 40, it's twice the get, race. Hang on a minute. It used to be. Twice 40%. the race. Where did we get the 40% from, please? The accountant's back in the house. Yeah, I was just figuring I was going up 10, 20, 30, 40. <laughs> I just got to 40. I thought, yep. no, I reckon it's 50% better, yeah. But uh, I just think it's the most brilliant race with the international flavour to it. And it's getting better and better. Class Group 1 horses are winning that race. And you know, um, people that have, have been trying to win it and bring out their stayers from Europe and they're owned here in Australia and trained here in Australia, you know, they've just got to get better and better at the job because the race is getting better and better itself. Well, mine's pretty obvious. I can't go past Winx's four, uh, four cox plates and broke all records. Uh, Kingston Town, they, they said it'll never be broken. Yet she's done it. And uh, the super mayor, uh, yeah, hard to pass that. And... I'll go out on a limb and say her record won't be broken now, as they mm. said, Kingston Town, because you've got to win five now. But uh, she was just, yeah, she was awesome and, and dominating in that fourth Cox plate. It was extraordinary. I, I never thought we would see, like, Caviar's record, winning sequence be broken. I just thought, oh, no way, no. How lucky have we been? Oh, it's extraordinary what those two horses have brought to, to racing and how many people they've brought to racing, because um, uh, it, it's amazing what both of them have done. Yeah, correct. I mean, it, even from the the start of the century, with you had the Sunline Northerly, then the great mm. the Diva come along, and then we sort of had that low weekend hustler. That six group ones in that one season, then of course, bang bang, black Who, who replaces her? Who replaces the Autumn Sun? Uh, mm. But he will will he be around though? Studs got him now. Own him? Does he have his three year old? He no, won't have the longevity. That's, if that's he has, a problem. If he has a ripping. Three-year-old Autumn, he'll go straight to stud the next spring. That's, that's a as a four-year-old, uh, you would think uh, they might race him on, race him on for a year. But I wonder, wonder where the next one's going to come from. In in twelve months' time, when we're sitting here doing the odds couple thing, oh wow! I never thought that that horse was going to put its hand up and be the the next superstar of the turf. Because I, I don't think we'll see Winks after the autumn. I think the autumn will be a, a you know a, a Modified campaign, and then we'll we'll see her go to stud, and that'd be fantastic. We'll bid her farewell and thank you for everything you've done for racing. But um, uh, I don't know whether we'll we'll see her in the spring. I think she might be she might be hanging out at some nightclubs and becoming friendly and trying to get a relationship going, touring around Australia. Mm. Well, yeah. I don't know if she tour around <laughs> Australia. I think she might be a one. You know, she'll just settle for the one staying. I think. Well, would she be eight? Years of age by yep. then, yep. and the owners um, in the back of their minds uh, would love her. She's done. She's done her job, but uh, whilst, she, whilst she's at her best and continues to improve under the tutorage of uh, Chris Waller, and she's at at her absolute brilliant best, and there looks like nothing uh, on the racetracks that uh, is going to get nearer. Um, she will go back to an autumn carnival and have the three odd runs. Maybe there's mm -hmm. the um, All Star Mile. That's a carrot that's going to be dangled for uh, Winks. And Chris Waller's always stated that she's been, her best wins have been at Flemington. She just absolutely loves it. And Hugh Bowman said she just feels like that that's her track. 
winning two Turnbull Stakes. Um, she'll go back and win her third Queen Elizabeth, I think it is in Sydney, which is the $5 million race there, uh, $4 million race, I should say. Um, and then the decision will be made. But um, there's that carrot now for the All-Star Mile. Uh, for her to run and win the inaugural one. But um, anyway, that's up to the ownership group. But uh, I'd like to see her become a mummy and uh, have a happy um, happy ever after life. And, but, mate, um, the Spring Carnival, I thought um, Team Godolphin, for, for me, um, well, not so much a highlight, but um, for a, a company, a, uh, a business, to pump so much money into thoroughbred racing in terms of um, um, offering people jobs and um, also breeding and racing, uh, for them to win a Caulfield Cup with Best Solution carrying a top weight was uh, absolutely sensational. And then, um, you know, uh, they absolutely dominated once again, bringing their horses here. But uh, I think the the trend of a three-year-old Northern Hemisphere uh, staying horse to come out for a Melbourne Cup now and get a weight of 51 kilos. Uh, we'll see that sort of domination, that path. Although in saying that, um, the second horse, who Hugh Bowman rode. Marmello. Marmello. Um, he nearly, you know, mm. it wasn't much between them. So um, but if you go back and have a look at Rekindling two years back, a three-year-old Northern Hemisphere horse uh, that can stay, they just get that weight pull, don't they? Well, they're, the two, they're two months off being four. Really, because their their birth dates in January one are over in the northern hemisphere, so uh, they've just, as you say, they've just got that weight swing. And, and if you're not in the right spot, turning for home in a Melbourne Cup, yeah, you know, outside of a three-year-old, I don't think any horse can make that sort of ground at the end of two miles. If you're carrying fifty-four and fifty-five, fifty-six kilos, um, making the sort of ground that Cross Counter made uh, with fifty-one on the back, you know, that's he he, he sails along and and uh, you know, weights a massive impost over that two miles. I think the three-year-olds, so they're the ones that can can make it when um, when not everything went right for him in running, but uh, he was able to recover with that 51 on his back, and uh, he well, he was a, he earned his win in the Melbourne Cup, and so did Godolphin, and uh, the race just gets better and better. Time for our first break on the Odds Couple this morning. Thanks to Sportsbet, of course. You can check out Sportsbet's racing specials this weekend at Mooney Valley and Rose Hill. Conditions apply, and, of course, gamble responsibly. Jerome Hunter coming up on the odds couple after the break. On 1116 SEN, the odds couple with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. 22 minutes after 8 o'clock on the Odds Couple Saturday morning here. David Taggart, Simon Marshall with us. We're now being joined by Jerome Hunter, trains his team out of uh, Mornington down on the uh, peninsula. Uh, and it's a, our pleasure to welcome him to the Odds Couple for the first time in 2018. Jerome, good morning to you. G'day, guys. How are you? Good. Jerome, we, we love asking our guests uh, here on the Odds Couple where their racing journey started and, and was there any other uh, competing interests for you know whether you were going to be a horse trainer or not. When did your racing journey start? Yeah, no, I, I started when I was about 12 um, going down to Epsom. Uh, after school and on weekends, so I was always always wanting to uh, be in with the horses, and yeah, just always thought that training would be a good idea. Still think it's a good idea? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, Jerome. It's not, it's not. It's not as it's not as easy as it, as it looked. 
Good morning, Jerome. Um, Epsom uh, was an amazing, um, was amazing training complex, and many a champion horses came out of the place. Bobby Hoisted, Ross McDonald, Eddie Lang, Rick Hall, Lacey were all great trainers. What are some of your recoll- uh, recollections of some of the real good horses there that uh, may have pricked your eyes, uh, ears? Oh, yeah. Look, Epsom was just an amazing place, and I think if you ask any trainer that was there. Um, or people that work there, they always say it was one of the best training facilities that's been in Australia. And, you know, I, I remember when Rick or Lacey had Canny Lad and, mm. you know, um, Canny Lass and all that. It was just an amazing time. And John Ma was there and when he had um, What a Nuisance and George Hanley. It's just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think they could ever produce such a training facility like it again. Yeah. Yep, so uh, full forward your, your career. Um, what are the, some of the services that you've had to work in the racing industry to then uh, lend your hand to uh, get your licence to train? Um, I, I had a pretty long apprenticeship. I um, I was uh, yeah, with Bizanko, Jack Bazanko down in Epsom, and then I moved to Mornington and, um, I, when I was 16, and my family moved to Mornington, and we, um, I got a job working with Jim Marconi, um, which at the time was, a, you know, we, we had a great stable back then. Um, uh, you know, we had King Marauding and, and um, Rancho Ruler. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of smart horses, and we only had a small town. I think we only had about seven in work. I think three or four of them were Group 1 winners. It was an amazing time. And Jim used to breed his own, didn't he? Uh, no, he, he bought King Marauding, but, yeah, he, he bred quite a lot of them. Um, but he was just an amazing, amazing person. With a, he had a great eye uh, for a horse, and yeah, it was no fluke. Um, he knew what he was doing. Rode plenty of winners for him, but could never understand him, Jerome. <laughs> no, how no, did you I go remember, there? I remember, I remember, I remember you getting yelled at quite a few times. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> he was, um, he was one of and the, it was, and it was all in Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a really good feeder of a horse. Um, they carried muscle well and weight well, but he got him fit, didn't he? What were some of the keys that Jim Marconi yeah. taught you? Just. Um, I think uh, developing a horse, like you said, really, really feed well. Um, you know, he's always particular of what he fed his horses. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't say I've had the horses that that he's had. I think, you know, a Group 1 horse is, is born a Group 1 horse. Um, and he, he just had a great knack at, of uh, of picking a, a horse, he was unbelievable, and I think um, you know I, I take a lot of it out of it. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're only as good as your horse. Um, mm. And yeah, he he was lucky he had those horses. So how does a young man this day and age, um, seven days a week uh, racing in our industry, uh, come up with a business model and get started? Well, I'm I'm a bit different. I, I for the first. Uh, 10 years I was a public trainer um, and it was a struggle you know always trying to trying to get owners and, and I was always always a, a, you know trying to work out how, how I can get owners into the stable and everything and I did a lot of advertising and that but now um, I, I took a break I had about five years off um, from training and, and a, an owner previous owner rang me up and asked me to um, would I train privately for him so now I've actually, you know, I've, I've got uh, kids and life's a bit easier for me because I've only got one phone call to make. 
and um, I don't I don't have to worry about uh, whether next whether the next you know paychecks coming in. All right. Well, you're absolutely flying, and um, I know that you target this time of the year with your horses because there's lots of racing. Some are racing. The tracks are really consistent, and you get a good line on your horses. Let's talk about race six, number five, and some of your chances today. Uh, Balwazi is a good price, um, but can uh, handle the valley. Yeah, she's won two there, and um, look, it's a very open race that race. Um, but she's she's come back really well. All the trials have been good at home, and um, I think that, you know, from that gate, she'll have an easy run. So, look, if she's just, she doesn't have to improve a hell of a lot to be um, competitive today. Um, but I, I think she's come back a bigger and stronger horse. Okay, each way all day, race six, number five, Balwazi. Now, um, you only got a small team, but you've got two horses in the one race, race seven. Now, number five, Al Luca, and also number seven, Angry G. Can you split those two for our listeners? Oh yeah, look, um, like a, our Luca, he's he's flying at the moment. Um, he's really enjoying his racing, and um, I opted to go into this race um, just because you get the lighter weight, and it looks like on on paper there's not a lot of speed. So hopefully he'll be left alone, um, and then he he can kind of like get a head start. It, it's very you know there's some pretty handy horses in that race, but. Um, at least we'll have a head start coming around in, into the straight, and hopefully he'll hold on. Um, An angry G, he's just coming back from. He had a good break, um, and his older horse, and he'll just need a few few races to get uh, race fit. So I'm I'm just expecting him. Hopefully he he'll, he'll hit the line better than what he did the other day. Um, but I wouldn't see. Uh, I'm not worried about where he's going to finish for about two or one or two more starts. Okay, race seven, number five, our Luca at $4.20 with Sportsbet, the pick of those. Uh, Jerome, congratulations to you and your team and your hands-on methods. Um, if an outside owner does want to give you a horse, will you take it? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying life. <laughs> no, look, it's, it's, I appreciate I appreciate. I, I have had quite a few phone calls in the last six months, but... Um, uh, I, I, I look at life differently now that I've got a family and I just try and, uh, it's just, it, it was too stressful, um, you know, having so many owners. Back then, I, I, well, I think I had about 40 horses in work and so many owners and it's just, um, yeah, I've got my, I, I, I look at it differently now that I've come back home. That's a very refreshing answer. Good luck to you today at Mooney Valley. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jerome. Uh, nice to hear from you. What were you pointing at me at the bearded one? It's you, sports the job. Yeah, well, sports Racing Hub yeah, today. Well, the hub, the hub. Tell us about the Get hub quickly before we go because, to the news. Do you remember Willie Pike last week? He rode four winners. Jeez, he was on fire. He won the, the hub? guineas. He won the railway stakes. William Pike to ride three or more winners today, $2.70. On your sports bet Saturday Racing Hub right now. That's Couldn't at Ascot again, today. William Pike to ride four or more winners, $8. Vidora and Enticing Star, very popular in the winter bottom. The group one up there, you can take them in a Quinella. Fixed, $10 you'll get with Sportsbet. Interstate trained horses to win at the winter bottom. Vidora could win that. Uh, Voodoo Lad, you can have a dollar thirty with Sportsbet. So there you go. Mooney Valley, Smart Alyssum, who's very popular in race one, and Al Galal also at Mooney Valley race eight. We have a double for those two horses and check all that out on your Saturday Racing Hub with Sportsbet. Thank you, Simon Marshall, and thank you to Sportsbet. Time now to go to the newsroom with Chris McKenzie.
1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Welcome back to The Odds Couple, 8.38 on a Saturday morning. Uh, no better time to be saying g'day to one of the best in the business from a jockey perspective, and that's Brett Pebble, who... Brett Pebble? Is Pebble with a W? It's with a P. Ready Preble, the great man. Ready Preble. Sorry, Brett, I put a W in your surname then. My apologies. No worries. It's all good. <laughs> I hope you're all good. Mate, if you settled in well, are you happy the way you've you've come back from your, your time overseas? Well, yeah, no, yeah, obviously it would have been nice to drive a few more winners and nicer horses, but, um, you know, I sort of had nothing teed up and nothing in line when I was coming home. And, uh, you know, I was just wasn't planning on sort of coming back when I did. I was going to have a bit longer break and um, but just uh, because some friends of mine pushed me pretty hard, they wanted me to come back and ride some of their horses and that. So I sort of changed my changed my, my plan a little bit and come back and probably a bit rushed and I didn't have any uh, any support when I started back riding. So I just sort of took it easy and um, and uh, just getting back into it now, basically. Good morning, Brady. Yeah, Simon. How are you, brother? Good, thank you. It's good to see you back riding in Victoria, let me tell you. But what a lot of people don't know and wouldn't know about you is that you run a very successful business called Persuader where you um, make a lot of uh, the jockey gear that they ride in and whips and saddles and so on and boots and you name it and it extends out to further. So that's a massive passion of yours. And how's that tracking for you? You must have been able to spend a little bit of time with your great mate Mark Burke to um, uh, just help him out in the uh, factory. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was um, very hands-on. I had a um, head seller, uh, Wayne Johnson. He basically uh, he retired after 11 years with us. And before he left, I got him to um, teach me how to sew the saddles and so forth. And uh, uh, he's a fantastic teacher. And uh, I didn't think I'd be able to sew as quite as good as I do now. So I'm pretty pretty proud of where I'm going at it. And uh, I'm, I work pretty much every day there. I'm not riding. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's a passion of mine. I am very proud of what I what I manufacture and um, honoured that um, the boys use it. You know, the uh, fourteen to fifteen years in Hong Kong. What was the the best part of that journey for you? Well, that's a that's a, that's a tough one. Um, obviously, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time there. You know, I think it's um, <clears throat> you don't stay in Hong Kong for as long as I did if you don't uh, love it. Um, I think it's. Basically, for me, riding in Hong Kong is, is a bit, the same feeling as riding Spring Carnival. Every 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 meeting, you turn up there, and that's how hard it is to get a winner. And um, you know, you work very closely, obviously, with the horses. And sometimes it will take you three or four months before you can get that horse to to perform or get him to to run to a level where he can win at. So it's very rewarding there when 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 you're so hands on and and you you're sort of in a, in the in the Basically, I help them train them every morning. So um, I, I sort of love that aspect of it, um, where I could work very, very close with them. What was it like living in Hong Kong? There must have been some challenges at first, Brett. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it's um, obviously you know you don't go out in the backyard and have football or such. As, um, <laughs> you know, we had a little little park downstairs for the kids, and um, the jockey club make it. Um, um, fantastic for for the Hong Kong style living for further for the residents there and um yeah we we just had to make adjustments on you know there's beaches there and we used to use boats a lot and you know there's lots of other things you can do obviously with um 
people with a lot of money that can use their toys. So we took that to our advantage a little bit, and um, we, we had, we, we, I think we had a very good time there. Um, before we get into your rides at Mooney Valley, what were the two best horses you rode in Hong Kong? Oh, I take it, Kim and Bullish Luck. You know, they were superstars. They were real good horses, and... Uh, Unfortunately, not to get him to take a kingdom. I get him. I got him after basically once he'd already he'd had had an issue. He'd broken down and so forth. So what I felt was um, probably not not to the level that Gerald Mosse got him at, but uh, um, he, he was uh, he was pretty special. In that time, you were able to pop back to Australia and win a Golden Slipper and also a Melbourne Cup, which would have been unbelievably rewarding. Yeah, it was rewarding in the sense that um, obviously the two people who supported me uh, a lot before I went to Hong Kong, obviously with Lloyd Williams and, and David Moody, uh, I, I sort of repaid them for, for their, their their support I had for the years so I rode for them here in, in, in Australia. So it was um, very, very satisfying to uh, win for those, those people. Ready? I'm going to pluck three of your rides out at Mooney Valley today that look like they're terrific chances. A race two, mm. number six, a first starter called Responder for uh, Team Hawks. And this horse, Hawks, Team Hawks don't normally run their two-year-olds uh, this early, so this horse must be showing a bit. Do you know anything about it? No, I spoke to Michael um, last night in Sydney, and he said that the Wayne City horse is really, really... Uh, really nice horse, and um, they got, got a good, very good opinion of him. So I haven't been on his back as, at all. So, but uh, as you say, hawks don't run the two odds unless they're um, they're pretty pretty uh, forward and ready to go. Okay, so that's race two, number six, responder. Race five, number six is snogging uh, for Team Bussenden. This horse will be a good chance. Yeah, I think horse and it's just coming coming to probably form, looking about ready to win. Now it's going to have every chance with a nice gate and a uh, nice weight obviously it's on the minimum so I'll probably be really handicap at half but um, I think uh, we'll have to make that up <laughs> along the way but uh, it's it's definitely a chance. Okay that's race five number six snogging and race eight number two Lycurgus was scratched in a Ballarat Cup and uh, he runs here at the Valley and there was a bit of money for him uh, in that Ballarat Cup. Um, the wet track um, conditions made the uh, team decide to scratch him there. What do you think about race eight, number two, Lycurgus? Yeah, smart move. I helped him there during the week, and, uh, um, yeah, he, he got around the valley beautiful, and uh, the surface was perfect for him, and uh, um, I've been quite anxious for today to come back around. Okay, so uh, he, is he your best ride for the day? I would say he is, yeah, he's, he's a serious horse, I think he's uh, going forward. Race 8, number 2, 750 into $6, Brett Preble, champion, world-class jockey. Thanks for joining us on the Odds Couple. Good luck today, mate. Cheers, boys. Good luck, B. Preble. Good luck, B. Preble. Good luck, D. Taggart, with the uh, quaddy coming up right now. No break, no think about it. I hope you've done your homework. And at this stage of the show, we say... Get your pens... Get your pencils and your crayons because we're going to fill out your form guides. This is where the money is with Sportsbet. Race one at Mooney Valley. Number four is Mischa. Race six, uh, sorry, $6 into $4.40. Race one, number four. Race two at Mooney Valley. Nine and eight are your numbers. And uh, number nine, Brooklyn Hustles had the uh, most support, six fifty into $5. But yes, 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 number eight. Uh, $7 touch, $6 back out to 7 but a good push there. So Nothing for the 12? 8 and 9 in race 2. You like the 12? What do you like the 12, Simon? Any 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 push for the 12? Sacred thoughts? 
$26. This is a horse that you have a little of. Solid, solid at $26? Solid at $26. Okay. On with a, your work? You have a little interest in that, don't you? On with you? your work. Okay. Cool. Can you give us some insight? On with your the, work. For the punters. On with your work. Has it worked well? Has it trial good? Nothing. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> Race three, two and three. Notation, 480 into 450. And number three, no joy. Good luck to you too, mate. We wish you all the best. $15 into $10, two and three, race three. Race four, number one, Five Kingdoms being the best backed runner, $5 into four sixty. Race five, I'm going to leave you out there because it's not really a good push. Open race, race five. Race six is the first leg of the quad. Yeah. Number three, Grey Shadow. Three ninety into three fifty, the best backed runner. Yeah. Uh, from number seven, Phil the Flirts had good specking. Seven dollars fifty into six dollars. Three and sevens where the money is. Race six, first leg of the quaddy. David Taggart. Taggo. Yeah, got the quaddy last week, didn't we? Oh, yeah. you would oh, know. It's your quaddy. You should get it. I had two horses in, one, in one leg in his bag, man. They've run the Quinella. I went um, the quaddy, and it was a bit light on the way it paid. You yeah. had so many horses in it. I got a, t- I got a two, but I throw, threw it back at them when I went to collect. Paid, paid light, I thought. Anyway, we digress. Race six, <laughs> the first leg. All right, yeah, a lot of mares in form here. They will run along in this. Um, yeah, Grey Shadow. Uh, yeah, they will need. They, yeah, Grey Shadow will need them to run along too from that bad gate. Uh, Belwazi, of course, we talked to Jerome. Uh, both two wins here. Uh, Fresh as well, two from three fresh, and uh, she goes around first up. So the numbers here are one, two, three, and five. One, two, three, I five, ha- first I leg. fill the flute out, yes. One, oh. two, three, five. Okay. Second leg, Simon. Race seven, five and four is where the money is. Four Invincible L, 310. He's slightly the 320, but enough money to suggest he'll run well. Al Luca, Jerome Hunter, we spoke to him this morning. Yeah. It's the best back runner, $6 into 420, number five in race seven. Yeah, yeah, so it should be two, Al Luca. As Jerome hit the nail on the head, he goes, there are a lot of nice horses in this race. Uh, but our Luca will control the race hey, for a thousand metres. I, yeah, he said there's no pace on. You, it'll control the race. I think Holy Blade. He'll sit in just in behind him. He's the one that's over the odds of Weary's, uh, and he'll have the last crack at our Luca. Sorry, the numbers here are one, three, four, and five. One, three, four, and five in the second leg. Race eight, seven, and eight are the numbers. It's better. It's not With... going to cost us as much today. No, it's not. Sorry, Simon. Sports bet. Seven and eight. The great Al-Galale. supporters of the odds couple, sports bet. Been $3.80 into 260 is Algalale. And top prospect, boys, $5 into $4. Seven yeah. and eight, race eight. Yeah. Uh, left out the Kiwi horse, Ed and Simon. Uh, our big Mike, the four, uh, the Kiwi horse. Jesus, he likes to sting out of the track, right? I know it's a good four there, but with that Mooney Valley strat there, they do get that jar out, that extra. And uh, if he, he runs up to his New Zealand form, he should be winning this benchmark race. Of course, Preble's ride, uh, Lysurgis, he's zero from three at the Valley, but that had been all over shorter trips, so put a line through that and back in his younger day. Yeah, the seven Al Galil, you, you said has been supported. I don't like him at the price. I think he's a non-betting horse, uh, but he still has to go in the quaddy, of course, so the numbers are here, uh, three, four, seven, and eight. Three, four, seven, eight. Like I've never horse. seen a horse have a bet. He doesn't like the horse, but he's going into the quaddy. <laughs> he's a non-betting no, at horse. That pro- at that price. I said, oh, you wouldn't just go and back him straight out of that price. So that's, just... a, that's a horse with his hoof on the till, that is, isn't it? Well, jockeys and horses aren't allowed to bet. 
Race nine, your numbers are three and fourteen. A demolition five fifty into four sixty. Number fourteen, Magnesium Rose has had a little Havana tinkle eight fifty into eight dollars. Is that a what? Three and fourteen what? in race nine. Yeah, don't worry. About, don't worry about the fourteen. Yeah. Uh, demolition. Jeezy uh, goes well, freshy sauce and and well at the trip. And the and the one to be number five, serious suspect. Uh, yeah, he's former and order of command. His first class. So only the two go in there. Three and five. Three and five of the oh, last, do you? Geez, like short, the last. Short, like. yep. Yeah, bit like D-Tagger. How much is that going to take for a dollar? Uh, that is $128. Okay, so that's uh, $64. Yes. And correct. $22. Uh, and $32. You going to read back the numbers? Yes, I am. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. The first first leg, which is race six, one, two, three, and five. Second leg, race seven, one, three, four, and five. Third leg, number eight, three, four, seven, eight, nine. Sort of need a sound effect. No, oh, nine. no, nine. No, no, nine. No, no, nine, nine, nine. Okay. Thank God we read the numbers. <laughs> three, four, seven, eight. Third leg is three, four, seven, eight. Fourth leg, race nine, three and five. Race sort of, eight, three and five. Correct way. Can we get a sound effect Six. ready for next time? Yeah, race yeah. nine, sorry. Yes. Read right. those numbers out. A little bit You've of confused a... me with the leg before. Hey, where's... Throw a number in to make sure you're concentrating, and then you, it throws you right out of whack, and you're saying that's race eight when it was race nine. Can't you know what it's time for, don't you? I can't think and chew gum at the oh, same time. It's time for the best around the country, anywhere, around the world. I think it's time for a break. Yes. Oh. But then we're coming back with that, aren't we? We come back with that? Best around the country to come up. You're what, you're I've got a special... You're family. watching and listening. And he hasn't put it in the quaddy. He hasn't put it in the quaddy. I've full. got a special. He's nearly fallen off the chair. Hey, it'll be winning. Come on, come On 1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Three minutes to nine o'clock here on The Odds Couple. Uh, what we're going to do before we uh, wind things up here on uh, this beautiful Saturday morning, 31 degrees we're expecting today. We better go through the quality numbers again. We've had a meltdown on the switchboard with text messages coming in that you know we bugger the numbers up. I don't let's think clear, I... Let, let's clear it up. Just making sure tags... Only one person That's buggered the numbers up. So race Righto. six? Race six. One, two, three and five. <laughs> race seven. One, three, four, and five. <laughs> Technology is amazing, isn't it? Race eight, three, four, seven, and eight. And the final leg of the quaddy, three, five, and 15. Mate, where did the 15 come from? That's my better than that. Is that your better than oh, the 15? Oh, oh, we've left it out. No, three and five is tags. That's his quaddy. And if you want to throw the 15, I think, I think the 15 is the better than that. We've got to wait until late in the afternoon, 5.55 at 6 o'clock. You'll be saying French, please. French, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Don't you worry about that. Right, what do you boys got? What do you got? What do you got around the country? Yeah, well, I'm going for four best in a row. I think my record's six, isn't it? Oh, anyway, oh, we we'll to, we're, we're, oh. Uh, you wrap yourself up. You come it's, in a small package. That's why well, I'm only five. Bathrobe we'll in check this the morning. records. Eh? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to Sydney, of course. Race nine, number eight. He's around about the six, seven dollar mark. Staying in Sydney? No you coming back or not? <laughs> yes, no, I'm staying there. Oh, Poker tournament. So race nine, number eight, no show. Six around the six, seven dollar mark. You playing cards? That's in no. Sydney. Race eight, number nine. Is that right? 
Race nine, number eight in Sydney. Oh, yes. gotcha. Thank you. Yes, got him. Race nine, number 12. <laughs> Oink. <laughs> Oink. He's back. He's good horse. We'll be getting the bacon there. $3.90. Of course, we'll be getting the bacon. He's got to overcome a little tricky gate there, but James Orman can do that. Race nine, number 12 in Doomden. You blokes are all a bit tired and emotional this morning. Is that Would that be the right way of putting it? A couple of nights of uh, night racing will do that to you. What time were you um, out at Cranny till last night? Uh, I was in the studio, Docklands, with the boys, with BZ and uh, Gator. And I reckon I got home, Jimmy Jam's on at about 20 to 12. Well, at least you only had to go to Turak and then back in here this morning. You know the best part about to, it? Where you live there on I didn't, Turak I, Road. I didn't pay 50, place, 47 bucks to watch... Three minutes of Horn Mundine. Yeah, I'm not, not sure me. who did. Did anyone in this room pay 56 to watch? I was too busy watching Canterbury back on yeah. winners there. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is uh, I put a bit of Moolah in. and What was your best for the... Oh, 15 to 15 in the last. Excel Dara. Thank you for coming. That's all for the odds couple to today. That's all. Race 9, number 15. That's the one. Look forward to your company again next Saturday morning. Off the bench coming up with the boys. Have a great Saturday. First day of summer. Happy morning. Blue sky. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.